0: Oh, yeah. are you ready for your moment of bliss? Because what, poppy wants, want? dead.
1: Shall we wow it? I don't even know what that's PG. Ignorance <laughs> me. Woo! Oh, This must be WWE talk show in history. Welcome
0: to the Cream of the Crop Wrestling pod, pod, Podcast. The Cream of the Crop. Nobody better. It's still real to me, damn it. Hello and welcome. This is the bottom line of Raw, October 24th, 2022. A review with the best view of the world of wrestling. You're listening to the Cream of the Crop Wrestling Podcast. Your dad's new favorite podcast. We are your mega powers of the program. I'm Patrick
1: and I'm Rob and please embrace the kingdom of the madness by like, sharing and subscribing. Pat, tonight um, tonight was a show. What
0: was a show is that the word of the a the word of the night?
1: No, no. The word of tonight is uh, I will say tonight's word is a uh, gargano. All right. He was everywhere right. tonight. He was yeah. everywhere.
0: All right. Well, let's I already know that holds true cuz as we start Monday night raw We're going to get to see Judgment Day making their way to the ring to give us another Judgment Day classic promo. Rhea Ripley tells us AJ Styles found out last week what mommy's known all along, and that's that Judgment Day runs Monday Night Raw and that Dominic is all man. Damian Priest tells us all to rise and to show respect to the greatest luchador in the history of the business, Dominic Mysterio. I cannot roll my r's worth a damn, but we're going to move we're on. White Dominic we're Mysterio, white guys,
1: just letting everyone know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dominic Mysterio then says he's going to he beat he then tells us that he beat AJ Styles clean, which we all know that's not true. He then says he's this generation's Eddie Guerrero before retracting. And saying that Eddie is more like Eddie's generation Dominic Mysterio. The O.C. comes down. They compare him to Jimmy No Chin, James Ellsworth. Then Finn addresses A.J. and drops a line that he started the club. He's been reminding us this week after week that he started the club. But here he drops a new line that we haven't heard. And that's that everybody that came after him since him leaving the club. It's just living off his legacy. I, I don't know what to say about that, honestly, but it's definitely an ooh type of reaction for me, and oh, I, I wasn't expecting that. But as we go on, then he drops the best line yet and says that the Judgment Day are in town, so step up or get put down. Carl Anderson cuts a promo, setting up our first match of the night. Finn Balor versus Carl Anderson. What do you think about this Judgment Day promo? Dude, this promo, like, I just have one word. Heat. Oh, my
1: gosh, dude. That crowd hated them. And it wasn't go-away heat. It was, we strongly hate you guys, heat, which is awesome. Like, all all four of the... Dude, okay, Damian Priest did not say anything. He literally just told the crowd to rise, and they were just pissed like they did not the, that's <laughs> yeah, all they he told them to do is just rise and they're all like no we hate you and i'm like oh my <laughs> gosh this is great uh dominic mysterio we'll talk more about this uh at the end of the night um when it, when we talk about best promos because dominic mysterio was hands down this was his a game moment like holy crap the lines the look the delivery you have thousands of people raining booze on you louder than they've rained on you Probably since Clash of the Castle when you turned and you just smugly just stared right at them and looked at them and just said, I am this generation's Eddie Guerrero. One of the greatest of all time. <laughs> like, holy crap. What a line. What the balls on that dude. Rhea's not wrong. He said that. He is all man. Oh, yeah. man. So, yeah, yeah, I was all in on that. Uh, AJ and the club came out. Um, I Again, their their sense of humor is a little bit more uh middle school for me and i enjoy it because you could just tell the good brothers that's like just their cup of tea and aj feeds off of it so i don't mind it at all because it just fits them perfectly um and it set up a match that like i've seen before but again i'm excited to see again i love me some carl anderson and i love me some uh finn balor carl anderson's a dude i want to see get like a kind of a singles push like maybe i don't ever really want to see him like win a u.s title or anything but to feud and have some like a good series of matches for like a u.s title
0: i'm down for. Well, let's kick off our first match, Finn Balor versus Carl Anderson. They go back and forth for a second, and then Carl Anderson hits a low drop kick to Finn's knee. Starts targeting that knee for the duration of the entire match. They trade momentum back and forth, and Anderson hits a massive running power bomb from the corner to the other side of the ring. Hits a nice diving neckbreaker from the second rope. Hits a beautiful superplex, but just when he should have won it, Dominic distracts the ref. AJ pulls him down from the apron. Priest tosses AJ over to the announce table. Gallows gives Priest a big boot, and Rhea Ripley body slams Luke Gallows. Meanwhile, Dominic distracts the ref again and Rhea low blows Carl Anderson. Finn Balor wins. Rob, please tell me what the hell just happened. Uh probably so match wise, it was a good match,
1: solid match. I, I like I just said it eight like eight seconds ago. I want to see more Carly Anderson in single matches because I think he's got something there. Uh two things. One, AJ Styles, dude, he like bounced off that table. Like what a bump he took there for them. Like that was big. And then two, Rhea Ripley's the biggest star out of everyone that was there in that whole entire segment. Like that body slam, like holy crap, that is the China spot. Like she is getting as big as china was back in like 98 99
0: era i believe like this woman called the body slam heard around the world on twitter but yeah oh nice definitely, fantastic definitely impressive absolutely that like she gets oh, to yeah. do that Dude. spot we and credit, seen something like that live- since nia Jax, basically right
1: well, okay, a few things I have to say about that, actually. So uh, credit to Luke Gallows, by the way. A lot of people are saying, oh, it makes Gallows look weak, yada, yada, yada. Okay, Gallows has been wrestling for about 15, 20 years now. There's nothing he can do that's going to make him look weak, all right? The dude is great, so hush up on that one. He get, he made her look like a star by doing what he needed to do best, so that was a great spot, and he did it perfectly for him. Secondly, uh, the Nia Jack spot, it actually reminds me of, Right now, I feel like no one can get the upper hand because no one wants to hit Rhea because she's a female. You know who would? Randy Orton. That's who would. And Randy <laughs> or- Orton, RKO. <laughs> so if Randy Orton were out there, man, he would take care of uh, Rhea Ripley in a heartbeat. So
0: <laughs> but, I was saying, uh, I was just so- saying, it was definitely like we don't ever get to see like the strong physicality between the men and the women. And no, no, we- That's just not a spot WWE does all the time, and. I mean, Und- the- and
1: understandable.
0: Yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah, understandable.
1: Good. Like we all know, like we're kind of waiting. We all know they're wait, We're waiting for Beth Phoenix, and that's going to be what it's going to be. We-, we-, we get that. But in the meantime, Rhea right now is the shining star of Judgment Day. She's the shining star of this whole entire feud, and she's not actually even in any of the matches. And right now she is the most over female on Raw, and she's not the champion. She's not even a championship feud. And it's it's great to see as a, as a big Rhea Ripley fan and who's jealous of Dominic right now. Oh, gosh, yes.
0: Well, after a quick recap of last week's antics of Johnny Gargano threatening to blow the whistle on The Miz, we see Johnny backstage still sporting the whistle when The Miz goes up to him who wants to know what Johnny thinks he knows and presumes to act like there's nothing to know. Johnny tells The Miz to tell the truth. Miz says Johnny is the liar, so he's going to the ring to tell the truth right now. The Miz comes to the ring and admits he's been keeping a secret about the night he was taken by Dexter Lumis. He tells us Dexter targeted him not for his boyish good looks or his A-list status. No, he was targeted because uh, he took Tommaso Ciampa under his wing instead of Dexter Lumis. And anyone who has seen or heard from Ciampa needs to please let The Miz know. And that's when Johnny Gargano comes down to tell us that that's not what really happened. He says that he just texted Champa, and Champa isn't missing. He's actually injured. So his so-called best friend is not in contact with The Miz right now. The Miz says he's been telling the truth, and nothing but the truth... And that's when all of a sudden hard truth music hits and he comes down singing his song, asking everybody what's up in his home state. <laughs> the Miz and Johnny look confused and surprised. <laughs> our truth gets to the ring. It says Miz wanted to tell the truth, so he's here. <laughs> the frustrated Miz goes off on the truth. Says, you know, talk, starts talking trash about his home state. There was a line about mac and cheese. And truth, that was the final straw for the truth. It said, you can't disc North Carolina's mac and cheese. Uh, so, this sets up for our second match of the night: Our Truth versus The Miz. What did you think about this?
1: So, I, uh, two things. One, uh, it's just a simple fix. I get very frustrated when um, you'll see wrestlers who will go out and do promos wearing a suit or wearing street clothes. And then sometimes they'll do random promos where they're already in their wrestling gear. And then all of a sudden, a match just happens to get started, quote unquote, out of nowhere. And I that, that always annoys me. And The Miz does that more than anyone where I'm like, OK, dude, we know you're in a match, obviously, because you're coming out in your gear and then you come out in a suit the other times like so pick one or the others if you're going to do a quote-unquote match out of nowhere uh but secondly triple h is going to be the opposite of vince mcmahon when it comes to hometown people he loves like he knows he understands you want to put your person in front of their hometown and then also get the win that's a very different thing too that's what uh vince mcmahon likes to do let him win in front of their home crowd but this felt very vince mcmahon era wrestling to me like literally. I don't know what they're talking about with the whole truth thing at all, to be honest with you. It just felt like a one long joke just to get our truth out on there. And <laughs> we're just like one, one small laugh. I don't well, know. It, truth, uh, I, truth
0: does have a big history of interrupting the mids though. He does.
1: Um, that part's fine. I'm, I am okay with all of this because I feel like it's just biding our time till we get the DIY reunion and I'm happy. So,
0: well, that's the important part here. That's
1: all is that it, matters. That that's all the, that matters to me. That's
0: the exact important part because obviously, Johnny Gargano is the one that's in, in contact mm-hmm. with Tommaso Ciampa, not the Miz. And you even hear somebody uh, when Johnny's walking out, and he mentions that you hear somebody in the crowd yell DIY. So did
1: you? Uh, they've already, they
0: I think this is the seed of dissension between the Miz and uh, Tommaso.
1: Right, and Sorry. I'm okay with that. This is a, one of those things where Triple H inherited a weird pairing with Ciampa and The Miz, and he's trying to fix, you know, the wrongdoings or whatever. But my favorite part, too, uh, did uh, you see Earnhardt uh, tell Miz, fuck you?
0: I didn't see. I did He say something to him, but I yeah. I, is it? did he say fuck you? Yeah,
1: yeah he did. He totally did. I can't forget it.
0: Miz versus Dale Earnhardt Jr. at WrestleMania. <laughs> no. No,
1: don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. God, stop.
0: All right, well, we don't really have to talk about the match very much because this is our second match of the night, and it was R-Truth versus The Miz. This match went in a way where Miz controlled most of the time, and Truth started to come back after a little while. He started a John Cena-esque comeback because, you know, that's just his all-time favorite hero. The Miz would stop him cold when all of a sudden a hooded figure appears ringside and distracts The Miz for R-Truth to get the roll-up pin. The hooded figure revealed himself to be Johnny Gargano cosplaying Dexter Lumis. This was short and sweet. Rob, tell us what's up.
1: Uh, match-wise, it was what it was. Got the roll-up. We'll move on from that part. It was very 2011. Truth got to be in front of his home crowd. Cool for him. Um, I did like uh, Gargano dressing up as Lumis on the outside. That was fun. Uh, We're going to talk about him a little bit more. I know he's a baby face, but Gargano kind of comes across as a dick sometimes. And this is one of those cases where he's just kind of a kind of a douche to the Miz. And then later in the show, he's kind of a douche to JBL.
0: <laughs>
1: so we'll get there later. The segment was what it was, people. It, it's entertainment. We'll move on.
0: All right. Well, let's see. We go to the locker room. Where Kathleen Kelly is having a sit down interview with Candace LeRae when they're interrupted by Bailey with the rest of Damage Control, EO, and Dakota. Bailey mentions how they've put Asuka, Alexa Bliss, and Becky Lynch on the shelf. And there's no one around to stop them from doing the same to Candace. And Candace says they've only proven that EO is still untrustworthy. Dakota is still spiteful. And Bailey is still not champion. Bailey pushes the camera over and damage control attacks Candice out of view. Rob, I believe this is definitely an injury angle that we're getting to see here.
1: I beg to differ. This is the one I really wanted to talk about, actually. They didn't show anything on camera. They pushed the camera over and you hear scuffling. Candice LeRae is a better heel than she has a baby face. We all know that. And then also, we have a women's war games match coming up where Damage Control needs a fourth member so that when Bianca has her four members, it's even. Hmm. I think that since they didn't show the scuffle, the camera was off, He wants to make you think that she attacked um, Candice LeRae. But in all reality... I think we have Candace going to be joining and being the fourth member of damage control.
0: I like the way you think. So
1: I enjoyed it. It's a little swerve. I like it. It it looked like it was a nothing segment, but I think there's more to it than that.
0: I think you're, I don't think you're wrong. Let's keep moving on because the next thing was Elias walking backstage. Who finds Matt Riddle. And he still has his bongos. Elias tells Riddle. That Elias has a history of being interrupted, and he swore if it was to ever happen again, he would do something about it. But since Riddle and Ezekiel were so close, he's going to let last week slide. But next time, he might not be so nice. Riddle doesn't seem to understand because he's been hitting the bongs all week. Elias then looks like he's about to hit Riddle with his guitar when he's interrupted. By the Alpha Academy. Gable asks if they're in a band, says, What would they call themselves? Blink 180 Shoosh, Elias. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love that line. Sorry. <laughs> Elias reassures them that they're not in a band. And this obviously hurts Riddle's feelings. And since they interrupted Elias, this sets up. A match later, Elias versus Chad Gable. Rob, what do you think about Elias looking like he was about to hit Riddle with his guitar?
1: Uh, I don't know where this is going yet. I'm still kind of just being patient with it. Uh, Personal opinion, Um, I really enjoyed seeing serious Riddle with the Rollins feud, and then now I feel like he's just reverting back to goofy Matt Riddle, which he's allowed to do. He's allowed to be both, but... Goofy Matt Riddle doesn't scream main event. Goofy Matt Riddle doesn't. Like RVD had that whole same kind of vibe about him, but he never had like the joking over the, you know, like he he had he had a little bit more gravitas to him than that. And I feel like Riddle when he goes through these segments of uh comedy and entertainment, he kind of I don't know, man, it just doesn't come across as like, "Oh, this is a dude that could be a superstar of the future." Like it doesn't come across to me that way. So uh, but segment wise, they're all four funny. Like I like them a lot. Uh, I'm cool seeing that. Like I love, I like the 420 references. I like Chad Gable and anything. I like how Otis is always just there standing and never says anything, but you know he's got so much personality in him. I feel like. I don't know. So like, I just love it all. But I just as a as a fan, I'd like to see. I think
0: Riddle is above what I'm seeing. I like the Elias heel tease. But let's talk about our third match of the night. Austin Theory versus Mustafa Ali. Seth Rollins Rollins comes down and joins us on commentary. Theory pummels a distracted Ali at the beginning of the match. The crowd starts chanting Seth's song. Theory hits a brutal hanging neckbreaker to the floor, draping Ali on the apron. Austin Theory gets too confident and does his selfie pose. And that's when Mustafa starts the comeback. When Theory hits a Wicked, or uh, that's when Theory hits a Wicked reverse neckbreaker. And just when Ollie almost has Theory, Seth gets involved, distracting the ref. Theory knocks Ollie off the top turnbuckle, hits the A-Town down, one, two, three. Seth celebrates with Theory, then attacks Ollie, throwing him into the crowd. Then goes to leave up the ramp. And that's when Ollie comes flying through the crowd at him. And I think this was a good pull apart here at the end. What do you think about it?
1: Uh, first of all, let's get the important part out of the way. Uh, Seth Rollins' <laughs> uh, suit tonight. I'm going to give him a 6.5 out of 10. Love the color. Uh, Would have loved to see. I love the white shoes with it, actually, too. That was actually a big point. But uh, I felt like it was just lacking something. He needed something more. Uh, either head, something accessory-wise, on the head or face is what I was missing tonight. Uh, but as a match fantastic i will watch awesome theory and i'll watch mr folly do a match anytime that dude can work his ass off like no one's business uh but i thought this did a lot for Ali more than anyone else uh rollins is almost over the top obnoxious when he's on commentary like the laughing man just i, I understand what the role is but man that just <laughs> it was a lot it was a lot tonight um But I thought Ali came out like the biggest winner here, even though he was uh, the loser of the match. He came out uh, looking strong, showing a good showing just as a match. Uh, But having that pull apart and just having that... uh, They really call it like the bulldog in him, you know, like the little pit bull that just kind of never quit kind of attitude. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like they're starting to show that more and more and more with him. And I think it's a good... uh, It's a good step in the direction for his character. So overall, I thought this entire segment did everyone involved improved as a character. I mean, theory got a win. When's the last time we saw theory get a win? So I thought everyone improved as a character throughout the whole show uh, or throughout this whole segment, I should say.
0: Yeah. I really, yeah. Well, the lime green was great. Um, Him being on commentary is a little much at times. Uh, The bad acting is what got me when he was on commentary. It's not that he was just so overbearing. It was just overbearing with the bad acting. Like, he would start talking about Ali getting the comeback or whatever. Like, Oh no, what's he doing? Oh no, he, he's, he's in the zone, that type of stuff. Yeah. It's like, he's yeah. like, that kind of, that was a little too much for me. But other than that, yeah, Austin, Austin theory finally got, gets a win. And then, Ali gets to the, like you said, have that little pit bull in him. And okay. I think that's then, definitely uh... important to his character development here.
1: And before we move on here, like um no one ever really watches it, but he uh, then had a, he was on raw talk afterwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talked about how like he doesn't see himself uh, winning the United States championship or anything like that. But he did say, um, I think he talked about the Seth Rollins is going to have a big uh, Mustafa Ali problem on his hands. And he's just showing like, I anytime he gets his chance to to get on the microphone, he's really like shining on his skills on that front and showing the confidence. And uh so I, I encourage everyone to go watch the Raw Talk interview because it was excellent. Just nice little grittiness to him. But uh, again, if this is just going to be a match at Crown Jewel, cool. It's going to be a good, nice 15, 20-minute match. If it goes farther, also cost. Like, I'm also down for that.
0: So, All right. The next thing we get to see is Johnny Gargano in the halls. He's on his way to check on Candice LeRae after being attacked or attacked, like you said. And The Miz stops him and says, Johnny deceived him earlier. Gargano says The Miz has been deceiving everyone. The Miz storms off, and then Gargano bumps into JBL and Baron Corbin. JBL rips on Johnny for being an indie darling, says he should introduce himself to a legend properly. Uh, This sets up a match later on for Johnny versus Baron. What do you think about this segment right here?
1: A couple things. A, um, I am all for. I, I, I am actually still all for the JBL Baron Corbin pairing. I think it's excellent. Um, I love the Miz trying to. Tra, the Miz is still a dick, but he's trying to sympathize, being like, "Look, your your wife is hurt. I understand. I have a family. I have a wife. All those things." Uh he he always pulls that crap, and I love it so much. Uh but, um, also. I do love how Gargano is he doesn't I, I'm trying to think of that word here he's he is the modern day baby face like a modern day baby face in wrestling is a smart ass is funny uh, is stands up for themselves kind of thing. One of the lines I loved here is where uh, JBL was talking about how like he wouldn't have been able to like uh, carry their bags back in the Attitude Era and Gargano's just like "Yeah, I was like eight. that's that's the comment yeah yeah, exactly yeah (laughs) i i i love those comments like i love when you're when it's old man shouting at clouds and you can just put him down in a heartbeat like that so I, i enjoyed that a lot um but also because i this was an old nxt and i think baron corbin did this uh did this one too or i forget if it was someone else but like their whole gimmick was they were a homegrown talent and they were just picking off indie darlings one by one by one. And there was an NXT rivalry back in like 2017, 2018 that was big on that one. And I can't remember if it was Corbin or not.
0: He didn't even get so, those. He didn't even speak here. It was JBL that spoke for him, basically.
1: I, I, uh, I think that's uh, on purpose. I think that, uh, I think that's on purpose for right now. I think there's actually going to be more to it than that. Where uh, I don't think we're gonna get a Corbin face turn because Corbin can never be a face. But I think we're going to get to a point of, like, I want to say Corbin is going to get to a point where he's not only had enough of JBL, but also to the point where he's going to put JBL in his place and we're actually going to get a little bit more sympathy on JBL.
0: Well, let's move on. The next match, and I say that with quotation marks, was Omas versus four local talent guys. And I could already tell this was... Not going to be fun. MVP cuts a promo about Omos, and we get to see his hands compared to one of these guys' heads, which are just ginormous. They're like, he can, his, hand, his hands are like hams. So, <laughs> I mean, goodness sakes. Uh, then we get a fairly short-lived 1v4 handicap match. Omos just smashed all these guys with no effort. Stacks two on top of each other for the foot on the chest pin and gets the win. Yep. What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, wash, rinse, repeat. We're just going to see this until we get the Strowman match here in a couple weeks. So that is it.
0: Uh, d- different having four of them, I guess. I mean, yeah, but. Uh, and then you yeah, know, sure. I, I did like that they get to, that they did show the comparison of his hands. Get to actually see how big he really is compared to a normal person. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, all that I understand. But yeah, like I, it's just going to be the same old, same old until we get that match. And so they're just kind of buying their time and cool. That's all I got is cool. <laughs>
0: well, we get our fourth or this would be our fifth match. if you. It'd be the fourth match if you don't want to count that out. last squash matches match. But our fourth official match, Chad Gable. With Otis versus Elias. Elias is, this is Elias' first match back in WWE. They have a good grappling bout here. A few hip tosses, a couple headlocks. They're having an even matchup. And that's when Otis pulls the rope down. Causing Elias to tumble to the outside. And Otis starts saying, oh, what a terrible accident. This is just kind of funny to me. Gable had a few good high-flying moves here. He, I believe there was a flying headbutt. Otis tries to get Elias on the outside, but runs, ends up running into the ring post. Elias hits almost what looked like a pop-up crossroads, or basically like a pop-up swinging neckbreaker. He didn't have a name for it on commentary. He pins Gable, one, two, three. And that's when Otis is recovered by then, and both him and Gable attack Elias who is then saved by none other than Matt Riddle running down to the ring. What are your thoughts?
1: First of all, Elias looked better than he did before he left. And, you know, when he was Ezekiel, are we allowed to say he was Ezekiel? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But no, I thought Elias, uh, he looked, yeah, I thought he looked more agile. He looked a little bit more smoother in the ring than he did prior to leaving. So I was, I was really, really happy with that. Um, we'll talk about the spot later, but this match had my favorite spot of the night in it, so I was, you know, good with that one. Um, I love Otis and everything he does. I just There's nothing wrong with anything I saw. This was a fun match that didn't have to go too long. It was good, very average, a very good TV show match. Um, I think... I don't think we're seeing a tag team form with Riddle and Elias. I don't think that's in the cards. Um, but I I'm okay if they want to be friends for now and just see what happens, uh. But otherwise, yeah, no, it was a nice TV match and good way to get Elias back on television. Trying to figure out if he's still a face or a heel yet, but otherwise, yeah, it's good.
0: It is looking like Elias owes Riddle now, at least owes him one. But this is true. The interesting part to me was uh, Elias and Gable having the little grapple bout back and forth. That, yeah, that was something. I, I mean, I know Ezekiel was pretty pretty physical and tech and technical in that way too so but to actually see uh Elias and with somebody that's a good technical grappler like Chad Gable that was I I like that at the beginning that was good but let's move on to the next thing which was after a recap of Judgment Day beating up the OC earlier we get to see the OC in medical machine gun Carl Anderson is icing his bullets <laughs> And the club agrees They have re- They have a Rhea Ripley problem But Luke Gallows Says he has a Reolution Because he's the best with women And body slams are his love Language He walks out saying he'll handle Rhea Anderson and Styles say He's terrible with women After it shows JBL coming down to the ring, it then cuts back to Gallows returning to medical, clutching his Gallows. Apparently, he got a low blow from Rhea Ripley as well. AJ then says they're going to do something about Rhea Ripley.
1: What do you suppose they're going to do? I just safely assume they're going to go get Beth Phoenix.
0: Mm, because That's what you uh, think? I I know. you know. Ooh, do I, you have something better? I've got something better. Ooh, enlighten me. Liv Morgan. Okay. I think it's Liv Morgan. Especially Talk since me she's, into it. she's already got she's already on this unhinged, etc. character development, right? You know, her and Rhea do have history. And their feud was cut short, it almost seemed like. Liv ended up jumping to SmackDown with her briefcase and all that stuff. Right after, like, it didn't seem like we had a good, subtle ending there, too. And I was liking, like, Liv being a part of the club before that. If you remember that, Fair. right?
1: That was all, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I think she's what's going
0: to end up being an option.
1: Can I give you two other possible names? Now, these are lower on my list, but two other possible names one shana Baser.
0: hmm
1: haven't seen her in a bit now i don't feel like i feel like she's got i think i think feel like they have other plans for her but she's an option and then the other one for me is a return of dewdrop but coming back as piper niven because i don't know why but i feel like her and gallows and anderson together would make me laugh hysterically and they would be wonderful as a trio screw <laughs> So those are the only two names that I think are lower on the list of uh, who could come back and who could uh, be the problem. But Liv Morgan's a fun one. But for me, it's going to be Beth Phoenix until I get proven otherwise.
0: Uh, There's just too much of a
1: a track record right now.
0: Well, to anyone who's listening to this right now, comment what your thoughts are on who you think is going to join the OC or at least aid the OC in fighting Judgment Day. All right. But let's move on because it's that time. Of the night, it's time for Tall Tales with JBL. I don't even, I don't even want to talk about the promo because it's, it's a repeat of last, last week. He rips on the, 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 the home city, the crowd, and I mean, it's good for, che- it's cheap heat to me. It's what it seems like. It's yep. cheap heat, and I mean, yeah, sure, it works, but with JBL, especially like he wants to, sports reference everything, and it's just, I mean, it's annoying. It's yep. more, I mean, I mean, I guess it's, that's what's, it, it's working then, right? If I'm annoyed, is it working?
1: I mean, it works for the crowd there, but like if you're some dude hanging out at home, you're
0: just kind of rolling your eyes to be honest with you. all right, uh, let's move on to the match because it was Baron Corbin versus Johnny Gargano. This was your classic technical high-flyer versus power brawler match. Corbin resulted to using the outside of the ring to batter Gargano. Into the po- into the ring post and into the barricade. He slams him on the announce table. And then at one point, Johnny Gargano is standing on the announce table and puts on JBL's cowboy hat. He then does a tornado DDT to Baron Corbin, leaping from the table, wearing the cowboy hat. Johnny is on the comeback. This is where he gets overconfident with himself and JBL trips him hard on the apron. And the ref isn't looking. Baron Corbin hits the end of days. And then he beats Johnny Gargano in one, two, three. What are your thoughts about this match?
1: Uh, this is a nice, classic Gargano match. That dude, honestly, I think it's impossible for him to have a bad match when he's given time. And he was given time. Secondly, I thought Corbin looked great. I think he's slimmed down and gotten a little bit more athletic than even when he was just a few months ago. When he got taken away by JBL uh so kudos to that human being right there for sure If thirdly i never thought i'd say this the right person went over like i i the future for to me gargano is diy that's the future so it's okay corbin right now has a higher ceiling to be up the card especially with the pairing of jbl so to me that was the right move and i'm gonna say this every time we watch a corbin match the end of days is just one of my favorite finishers I looks nice doesn't it it's smooth it does it's like, definitely it's a good good finisher the only thing I want to make sure that doesn't happen with Gargano and I think it'll be okay as long as he doesn't get hurt I just do not want him to be this generation's Dolph Ziggler where he's just in there because he can do a good match. Like I, I, I hope right. there's, there's eventually will be more follow through later down the road. And I think there will, because triple H loves him. So I'm Johnny Gargano with good reason. Uh, But I think the future right now is a DIY reunion. That should be the focus. Gargano doesn't really need a singles push or anything like that right now. So I am okay with what happened. I thought it was a what similar to the uh, theory segment earlier. Everyone involved, is slightly better as a character when the segment was over.
0: Right, and Johnny doesn't look bad in this match at all, like, in, you know, even with taking the loss, because he took the loss because of JBL. So, and, and he I took the loss,
1: too, because if we think about main roster status, Corbin is a veteran. Gargano is a, a rookie, if you just think about main roster status.
0: I mean, a seniority, at least, yeah. Yeah, definitely not a bad match. Uh, The next thing we get backstage real quick was Kathy Kelly talking to Bianca Belair who tells us tonight is about payback because Damage Control has taken out all of her friends and she won't stop until Bailey is left with absolutely nothing. And that means it's time for our main event of the night. Bailey with Damage Control, Eo Sky, and Dakota Kai at ringside versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. This match was... Definitely a good match. Probably a must-see match for sure. Candice LeRae update before the match started was that she has a sprain to the left shoulder. So that was on commentary. Undetermined time when she'll be back at least until another update. But this match kicks off. And they inform us that Bianca has been champion for over 200 days. They start out slow at first. But then they pick up with some grappling. Bailey starts to target Bianca's left arm. Bianca is more uh, agile and more powerful, but Bailey uses her r- ring intelligence to avoid some of Bianca's moves and continues to work the arm and just starts wearing Belair down. Bianca hits some powerful moves during this match and they, she begins her comeback, but Bailey uses cheap moves like hair pulling and results to the outside of the ring, still concentrated on Bianca's arm. There was a nice attempt of Bailey trying to hit the KOD, but Bianca counters it into a Bailey to belly. Bailey ends up hitting a super Bailey to belly from the, term, from the top turnbuckle. Damage controls start to get involved, but are caught by the referee, who then slides to the outside of the ring to tell them that he's kicking them out. When out of nowhere, another woman, who we do not get to see her face at first, jumps from the top turnbuckle, taking out EO, Dakota, and the referee. Bianca hits the KOD, but there is no ref to count. We then find out the mysterious woman is Nikki Cross, not Nikki A.S.H. She's not wearing her superhero gear. She's more or less in street clothes. She then takes out Bianca and leaves. Another ref comes down and counts the pin, Bailey is our new Raw Women's Champion. Before Bailey can celebrate, Nikki Cross comes back and starts attacking Bailey. Corey Graves tells us Nikki Cross is on Monday Night Raw and is going to be a problem for everyone. Rob, are you excited to see Crazy Nikki back? I am excited to see Crazy Nikki back. I
1: did not enjoy Nikki A.S.H. I loved Nikki Cross. I loved the crazy character. Uh, she, mostly because she plays it really, really well. Like she she does a good job coming across as uh, someone you don't really want to be just randomly across the street from. So I appreciate that about her uh, (laughs) immensely. Uh, But I you're adding another person. Um, Nikki's never Nikki's going to be one of those people to me that maybe we'll get a title match on a B pay-per-view kind of thing. But to me, she will always be kind of just a gatekeeper, which is a perfect role for her completely. Uh, But it was a way to do a quote unquote false finish uh for this match leading into the pay-per-view when they finally have their kind of blow off of the the entire title here uh but for the match itself dude what a what a good main event for monday night raw like that was a solid match i loved the uh bailey trying the kod and bianca getting out of it just to turn it into uh her own bailey to belly uh that was a that was a nice wonderful touch there i liked that a lot this is a feud that i'm kind of done and over with cuz i feel like these women have kind of just been around each other for long enough. It's similar to the Riddle Rollins feud. Uh but when they are together, similar to the Rollins uh Riddle feud, the match is always good, so i can't complain. Uh i would just i'm just ready for it to move on, but i love the matches they put together. Both women work really really well. Uh but yeah, no, this was a, a double thumbs up for me for the entire segment. Excited to have Nikki back. Excited that Nikki's in a good character. And then I'm also excited because I just like watching good wrestling and that was good wrestling.
0: But are you excited about Bailey being our raw women's champion? Yes. Okay. A, because...
1: oh <laughs> okay. Okay. Here, here, here's why this is just me thinking about the way triple H thinks. I know in his head, he would love to have the Sasha Bailey match at WrestleMania just once. And, next year may be his only opportunity so i am more than happy of getting that belt on bailey and then if sasha makes her rumble return or however however the hell she's going to get that title shot i'm in on like i i just i to me all roads lead to that
0: well i definitely i enjoy i'm glad that nikki's back i'm i like that she's back in a serious role i wasn't the biggest fan of the nikki ash character at all the other thing is i'm also glad Bailey is our Raw Women's Champion. This match, like you've said, this is a Raw Women's main event that we've had and it's a great match. They uh and they they dragged it out long enough before you get to see any like actually funny stuff happen. You know what I mean? So yeah. it really gave them time to show off and um Bailey I think she delivers every time. Um maybe we're looking for I'm expecting Bianca to be part of War Games, so I ho- I'm hoping we're not looking at another uh, time off situation here from Bianca because that w- that wouldn't be good. Um, but yeah, there was all right, that K.O.D. to the Bailey Debelli. I mean, I was like, wow. And then I really liked the solidification that they gave us that Nikki Cross is not joining Damage Control. Yeah, <laughs> so definitely proved she definitely proved that. So that was definitely an important part, but let's go ahead and talk about our favorite moments real quick and run down the list. First up, we got our least favorite moment of the night, the near fall of the night. For me, it's going to be the Omos handicap match. And it's just because I'm over these squash matches that we that we have to see all the time between giants and local talent so it's just been something that they've dragged on a little bit too long especially with omas and um i think he looked great during this he did i mean dude is getting definitely better and better every time he's more fluid and agile in that ring um and it's a good spot for him to get to show off his skills but throughout the entire show it was just the only part of the show that I just did not particularly like. What about you?
1: My, uh, mine was the first Gargano Miz R-Truth segment. Um, I don't need to see Our truth in another match for the rest of my life. I'm okay with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I just felt like everything. This felt very Vince McMahon, where I felt like they were using the word truth and just making this long 10-minute joke just for R-Truth to walk out for one small laugh. And it just...
0: eh. Uh yeah, that's all I gotta yeah. say. All right, moving on. Let's talk about the bump of the night. The best move of the night. It would be for me that Bianca reversal to Bailey. Uh, that KOD reverse reversal to the Bailey to Bailey. Like that was just really nice. I think I think it's gonna get bump of the night.
1: Uh I love it when other uh, I love when wrestlers use their other their opponents' finishers on them. That part's always fine. Uh my favorite spot of the night was the in the Gable Elias match. It was the Gable Moonsault and uh countered by Elias with the uh the high knee to the face. Yep. Very, I like that one
0: a lot. Very Kurt Angle-esque of him going for mm-hmm. uh the moonsault and even the diving head But uh, I like, uh, definitely something you don't get to see out of Chad Gable all the time. And, oh no, not a lot uh, no, but that uh, was a uh, that was a good spot. Should... Uh let's see. Showstopper of the night. For me, it's just yeah, the showstopper of the night is just something that makes you just, you know, stop the entire show and go, what, what just, what's going on? You know, it could be good. It could be bad for me. Good. It was definitely, and I'm sorry to tell you this, but it's our truth He <laughs> yeah. was the show. I, I almost, I should have seen it coming with them mentioning, you have to tell the truth so many damn times. But when he, I, I always enjoy a cheap R-Truth laugh. And just him coming out when he's not supposed to be there. I love that long running joke in WWE. One thing about it that also makes me happy is R Truth not around the 24 7 title, but classic R Truth moment. So showstopper for me. What do you what's yours?
1: Uh for me it's the Rhea Ripley body slamming Luke Gallows. Uh yeah. That honestly everything from that entire opening first twenty five, thirty minutes of the show was great. Uh Judgment Day has been so revamped, but Rhea with the body slam, Damian Priest, all he had to say was the word rise and the crowd was fucking pissed at him. And then you add on top of it, man, like uh, just Dominic saying that he's this generation's Eddie Guerrero, then just cherry on top saying, no, Eddie Guerrero was his generation's Dominic. Ah, Dude, Judgment Day from beginning to end all day long was great tonight.
0: So that's is that who you're gonna give your savage promo of the night to? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Just I was gonna say, about that. mine's that definitely goes to Dominic Mysterio as well. He gets, yeah. he had the best line of the night. Um, I, again, I, it's almost it's expected heat. You know what I mean? Like him for him to say something so so bold is definitely he's gonna get heat for whatever he says, anything along the lines like that. Yes. So I thought that was great. The best match of the night. What's your pick?
1: Uh, oh, it's the, it's the main event. Yeah, Bailey and Bianca by, by far had the best match. There was some good matches. There was good wrestling on here tonight, but they they had a nice classic old school style
0: match. Yeah, definitely in the main event for me as well. And especially like I always really enjoy when the last match is that, you know, that barn burner match. Overall, best match of the night for me. But, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. That was the bottom line. You can embrace the madness by finding us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Cream of the Crop Wrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Cream the Crop W. Subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching for Cream of the Crop Wrestling. You can check out our TikTok at Cream of the Crop Wrestling. And you can find full episodes of our podcast on Spotify and Anchor right now. Until the next episode, we hope you enjoyed some wrestling with us. I'm Patrick. And I'm Rob. And thank you for listening to Cream the Crop Thank wrestling. you for listening to Cream of the Crop Wrestling. You can embrace the madness by finding us on Facebook at facebook.com slash of wrestling. Follow us on Twitter at cream of the crop w. Subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing cream of the crop wrestling in the search bar. Have fun with us on TikTok at cream of the crop wrestling. And you can always find full episodes of the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Nothing means nothing, man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? More, I'm talking about all the way to the top, yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Oh Yeah!